This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Hello and welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Bob Comsick in for Libby Zneimer. While many young Canadian athletes are down in Rio competing for an Olympic medal, older Canadians have a chance at glory right here at home. The Canada 55-plus games are taking place in Brampton, and I'll be joined by the president of those games, Bob McLeod. Plus, if you were diagnosed with dementia or Alzheimer's, would you rather be in a full-time care facility or the comfort of your own home? Not surprisingly, most would choose the latter. That's the idea behind Home Instead Senior Care, a company that believes an individualized approach to home care is the best choice for many in need. Paul Hogan will tell us more. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. A decision by the Trudeau government to keep old age security eligibility at 65 was apparently made in spite of arguments from bureaucrats that the move would buck a trend among developed countries. The U.S., Australia, France, Germany, Italy, Poland, Britain, and others are planning to raise their equivalent pension ages to 67 or higher. Back in March, the Trudeau Liberals delivered on a promise to scrap the Harper government's plan to raise OAS eligibility to 67 by the year 2029. Want to add a few years to your life? Pick up a book. Researchers at Yale University School of Public Health have found that book readers have a significant survival advantage over those who don't read. The study, which appears in Social Science and Medicine, found that people who read up to three and a half hours a week were 17% less likely to die over the study's 12-year follow-up period than those who read no books. And those who read for more than three and a half hours a week were 23% less likely to die. On average, people who read books live a full two years longer. A story now of kindness shown by Italian police has gone viral. Police officers responding to a call to an apartment in Rome because neighbors heard crying and shouting. They found an elderly couple who were in tears because they were distressed over all the bad news they had been seeing on TV lately. The couple also told the officers they were lonely. Nobody had visited them all summer. Most of their neighbors were away on vacation. So the officers stayed cooked the couple a simple dinner, pasta with butter and Parmesan cheese. Over dinner, the officers socialized with the couple and learned about their lives. They then shared a photo of the couple and wrote about their experience on Facebook as a reminder of the devastating power of loneliness and the importance of looking out for one another. Finally, do people accuse you of being lazy? Next time someone does, tell them it's a sign of intelligence. 
A new study by scientists from Florida Gulf Coast University found those with a high IQ rarely get bored, leading them to spend more time lounging, lost in thought. It also suggests less intelligent people are more prone to boredom, leading them to more physical activity. I'm Bob Comsick, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. While the Olympics are going on in Brazil, a different athletic competition's kicking off here. The Canada 55-plus games are taking place in Brampton, and I spoke with the president of the games, Bob McLeod. Bob, how long have the 55-plus games been around now? Uh, this is our 20th year, and uh, they've been around since uh, 1996. And whose idea was this? Look, I, I can't tell you. I honestly don't know. But uh, it did start in the prairies, and it was uh, a couple of provinces that decided that, look, we should try to get together and uh, do something, and it has blossomed to all of Canada now. This is an annual event, correct? No, it's every second year. Okay, kind of like the Winter and Summer Olympics. Exactly. As a matter of fact, we, we try to model ourselves somewhat after the Olympics, but uh, in any case, to give you an example, uh, we're running somewhere around 2,000 participants at each one of our games. And how many sports and or activities are there? There's 21 different sports, and uh, they are both active and passive. In other words, we have uh, track and field and hockey and those sort of sports. We also have uh, Scrabble and cribbage and uh, and those types of card games. Now, is there anyone that's been the most popular for quite some time? One of the most popular is men's hockey. That is really taken off. Many, many participants from right across the country. As a matter of fact, to give you an idea, Quebec, for example, this year have two teams of men over the age of 75. So it's big. Another one that has taken off recently is women's hockey. They must have felt left out or something because they sure are are coming on strong and uh, there's going to be uh, several teams at our games this year. Now, you mentioned men's and women's hockey uh, being popular and the women's increasing in popularity. Is there any sport or activity that's caught you off guard in terms of its popularity? Yes, I would have to say curling. It's really taken off, uh, especially since 2012. We had uh, several teams that was in Sydney, Nova Scotia, and then in 2014 in uh, Alberta. We had something like 30 teams out there, So, uh, and this year uh, is quite a bit more. Now, you're president of the 55-plus games. How long have you been president, or is this some a position that is uh, chosen every few years? It is supposed to be every couple of years. I have been president only for one year, as the person who was in place at that time, Peter Nordland, he had been in the position for six years, so I don't plan to be around that long. You mean in that position? Yes. Okay, let's get that straight. Yes, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Were you ever a participant? Yes, I was. And what was your specialty? I, I took part in golf. I played golf in uh, 2010 and uh, won a medal. 
And by the way, that's, that's what you get in this. You get a gold, silver, or bronze medal. Not worth a heck of a lot, but there's a, some pile of bragging rights, especially uh, to the grandkids. Exactly. While any competition is about winning, you point out uh, what's won here. That's really not the aim here as much, if at all, is it? Oh, absolutely not. What we want you to do is come, have fun, because uh, the games not only are for participating, but we have uh, opening and closing ceremonies. We have entertainment every night. We have dances and all kinds of activity go along with the games themselves. So in a way, model yourself after the Olympics uh, in terms of the spirit, if you will, of just getting along. That's right. That's right. As a matter of fact, we call ourselves a senior Canadian Olympics. And it's quite timely, as you know. Now, the Zoomer philosophy is to be as active for as long as you can be. So these games are really what it's about. It basically underscores the Zoomer philosophy. Does it? Oh, good. Good. Uh, One thing I should say, Bob, is that Every province and territory also have their own provincial territorial games. And uh, within each of our areas, it's just growing tremendously. I I can tell you specifically about Nova Scotia in that uh, we had our games last year here, and our numbers here now are up to uh, 750 participants. Uh, British, British Columbia, for example, are something like they're up around seven or 8,000 seniors participate in their games. And this year, Brampton being the host, so how does Ontario do as far as numbers? Uh, very well, very well. As a matter of fact, Ontario have something like 600 participants going to the games. We're very pleased. Bob McLeod, president of uh, the 55-plus games, thanks for your time. Oh, you're very welcome. Bye-bye now. Bye now. That was Bob McLeod, president of the Canada 55 Plus Games. I'm Bob Comsick, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Coming up, we'll hear about the importance of individualized home care when it comes to those diagnosed with Alzheimer's or dementia. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer Worldwide. I'm Bob Komsik, in for Libby Zneimer. Many people who are diagnosed with dementia or Alzheimer's are eventually forced out of their homes to receive the kind of care they require. But a new approach is being taken that will allow these people to stay in their homes longer. Our Jane Brown sat down with Paul Hogan, co-founder of Home Instead Senior Care, when he was in town for the Alzheimer's Association International Conference. Well, it began with my grandmother. It's what my family did for her. She was 88, lived in her own one-bedroom apartment down the street and was so weak she couldn't even get out of her own chair anymore. So we had the big family meeting and we agreed on two things. First, it was uh, no nursing home. uh, And the second was my mom raised her hand and said, let's bring her up to my house up the street and chip in, keep her comfortable for that last, you know, few months or a year. And so we did that. But yeah, one year turned into 11 She lived a a whole other decade of relative independence. Uh, She was walking herself to church, you know, when it was nice out. So we saw firsthand you didn't have to be a doctor or a nurse Mm -hmm. to have a huge impact 
on a senior's life. But the thing about my grandmother is she had 12 kids, 50 grandkids and 51 greats. And it seemed like it took everybody. Um, that's a little bit of an exaggeration. But uh, we thought, what do other families do that don't have that kind of a resource of family? Maybe they only have two kids and they want the same thing. So mm-hmm. we set out to do for others what my family did for my grandmother. So the concept of home instead senior care is what? We provide senior care services uh, to people who want to remain in their home and age in place. Uh, and so we provide supplemental help to a family. Family does so much of the care, but for so many of them, they can't meet all the needs. So they, they hire home instead senior care to supplement their So their what help. would that look like? How, how would life be if home instead senior care was involved with your aging parent? Well, it's a little bit different for each family because every family's different. But we do as little as a few hours a day to up to 24 hours around the clock for families who need that. And what about comparable costs? Because that's a, that's a big factor as well for families. And one-on-one care in your own home, that's got to be a lot more expensive. Well, it depends. For so many families, all they really do need is a few days a week mm-hmm. or maybe a couple of afternoons. Some just need a little respite. So our typical client will have our service for about 15 to 25 hours a week on any, you know, different flexible interval of time. And so our costs are very, very similar to, um, uh, well, actually, they'd be a lot less than an assisted living facility. Mm-hmm. And people are 10 times as happy because they get to stay in familiar surroundings. Right. Now, at the point when uh, a lot of people may decide that they have to put their aging parent or grandparent in a home, it's at the point where they can no longer manage, particularly in the case of Alzheimer's Mm -hmm. and dementia Mm -hmm. patients, they can't manage those symptoms anymore because there can be a danger to the caregivers as well as to the individuals themselves. So how do you address that? Uh, is that? Is that when you would go into a 24-hour care situation? Well, when there's um, challenges that family caregivers have with managing uh, the behaviors of someone with Alzheimer's, it's hard to appreciate, but a little bit of training can go a long way. Mm-hmm. So we provide free online training for family caregivers to help them manage these behaviors, which could extend the amount of time that they would be capable of helping their loved ones stay in their home. How has your vision of aging changed as a result of your work with Home Instead Senior Care? Well, the aging of the population across, you know, around the world is, uh, I think, is a huge opportunity. That's what Home Instead has helped me realize. Because now with the longevity dividend, I mean, 40 years ago, life expectancy was, six, you know, maybe around 70 years old. Now it's in its 80s. Mm-hmm. So we have this extra dividend of life. People are, by and large, much healthier. They have resources. And they're a huge consumer market and labor force uh, that wants – and so many people, they don't have that same vision for retirement as they did 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. So many people want to continue to work. They want to remain relevant uh, and have a purpose in their life. Where are we at with Alzheimer's research, and where do you, where do you see uh, Alzheimer's going in terms of its affliction of people in countries around the world, and whether we can actually find a cure for this disease? Because that changes the whole spectrum of aging. 
Yes. I think one of the biggest breakthroughs that I'm learning about at this year's conference is the uh, realization that we have to study Alzheimer's differently in men versus women. Before, it was so many of the researchers felt the brain was the same for both genders. Now there's this growing realization that it's different. Women are much more likely to get Alzheimer's, and it's not just because of age. So I think that's one of the biggest um, breakthroughs in my mind in terms of how we address the challenge. And I think that will help with progress. Do you think we'll see a cure in our lifetime, or are we a long way off? We're a long way off, but I'm relatively young. So <laughs> Yes, we're, so, that's right. We're relatively young. Yes. We're living longer, so yeah. possibly, uh, very possibly. There's a lot of uh, optimism, but you know, until there's cure, there's care. Mm-hmm. So the smarter we get about uh, care, the more we uh, help our population uh, address the need for care, we will uh, be able to adapt to the aging of the population and the needs of an aging population. Pleasure to speak with you, Paul. Thank you, Jane. That was Paul Hogan, co-founder of Home Instead Senior Care, speaking with our Jane Brown. I'm Bob Comsick, and you're listening to The Zoomer Week in Review. We'll take a quick break and then return to celebrate the birthday of Zoomer singer-songwriter David Crosby. You're listening to The Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer Worldwide. I'm Bob Comsick. Libby Snymer's off this week. Time now for your International Arts Datebook. Tips for those of you lucky enough to be jetting around the world. Here's Jane Brown. The U.S. National Portrait Gallery in Washington is displaying 200 of Herman Leonard's pictures of great jazz artists like Duke Ellington, Ella Fitzgerald, and the legendary Billie Holiday. Leonard began his career as an apprentice to renowned Canadian portrait photographer Yusuf Karsh. In London, more than 100 paintings by J.M.W. Turner have returned to the Tate after a tour of Canada and the U.S. Turner is regarded as the most outstanding British artist of the early 19th century. In New York City, photos of Truman Capote's Brooklyn are on display at the Brooklyn Historical Society. The photos were shot in 1959 for an essay Capote wrote called I Live in Brooklyn by Choice. And if you're in the southern Indian city of Chennai, plan to take in India's first click art museum. It has 24 artworks on display created using 3D paintings and optical illusions. You can take a selfie with a chimpanzee, play with a dolphin, and even enjoy a cup of coffee poured by Mona Lisa. I'm Jane Brown, and that's the International Arts Datebook. This weekend, David Crosby celebrating his 75th birthday. The American singer, songwriter, and guitarist was born August 14, 1941. His career began as a founding member of the iconic folk rock group, The Birds. Crosby provided vocal harmonies and wrote some of their early hits. However, by 1967, tensions between Crosby and the rest of the birds had escalated to the point where Crosby left. This was in large part due to Crosby's political rants on stage. So he met up with a fellow political mind, Stephen Stills. Together, along with Graham Nash and Neil Young, they started Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. 
The supergroup would go on to earn legendary status. Crosby's been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice, once for his work with The Birds, once for his work with CSNY. And five albums he contributed to are included in Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. Right now, we travel back and hear one of The Birds' early hits from their days with David Crosby, their cover of Bob Dylan's Mr. Tambourine Man. That was The Birds with Mr. Tambourine Man, founding member David Crosby celebrating his 75th birthday. And that brings us to the end of this week's edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Bob Comsick. Thanks for joining me. Libby Zneimer will be back next week. Be sure to tune in and stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide. You've been listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. Produced by MZ Media Limited. Executive producer Moses Zneimer. Produced by Dave Woodard and Paul Thomas. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review. Heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.